Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thanks, Pastor Ross. Cool. How you doing? Good? Everyone's nice and warm inside. You can take a seat. It's great to have you here today. And uh, the uh, just want to, we've been doing a series on uh, the... Just get my tablet to do what it's told. I've been doing a series about standing and connecting and uh, the last few weeks and, and for this month and next. And, and I want to flow on with that and continue with that. And the big idea around today uh, is this, that God wants us to flow together. He wants us to flow together. He wants... Jesus, he wants us to follow Jesus and flow with him. And if we do that, if we follow him, we'll also flow together. So we need to follow Jesus and flow with what he wants and what he is doing. And in turn, we will flow together. If uh, you've been part of a connect group, we've been doing the series on Colossians, which has been an awesome series and, and different groups of uh, only a few weeks in or six or seven weeks in. There's a few different groups at different stages of it. And the series is a, is a great series talking mostly about Jesus and the supremacy of Jesus. And, and the thing about that is that, that Paul, when he writes this, he's writing it from a prison. Not too many options in prison. And uh, especially, you know, our prisons today would be five star compared to the prison Paul was in. And uh, sitting there chained up with guards next to him, disease, sickness, rats, not too good of food. It wasn't health checked or anything like that. Didn't read on things. Is this okay to eat? I'm sure they do in the prisons today. Because if you, if someone gets sick, you know, it could be a problem, even though they're in prison and uh, all that kind of stuff. And so, but he's in this place, and he's writing this incredible book out of that place. And I'm in a moment. I'm going to read you some of that. But when you're in prison, you haven't got a lot of options. And the amazing thing about Paul is that through that whole book of Colossians, he doesn't even mention, the only time he mentions he's in prison is right at the very end in the fourth chapter and he, and he just briefly talks about it. In other words, he doesn't start off going, oh, I'm stuck here in prison. Everything's hard. I only got one meal today. Then the rat ate it. And you know, you don't read all that in the Bible, that no one comes and visits me, I'm a bit lonely. If one of you would come and just bring something, that would be really nice. You know, you, you say you're a Christian, but you're just not showing up and hanging out with me. And he doesn't say any of that. Totally different. He could have. Maybe some of us might. God, what am I doing in this prison? Life is going to be better than this. I'm not following you anymore. I'm going to go do something else. He didn't do any of that. I want to, uh, yesterday I... Um, Yesterday or Friday, I came across this video of Jensen Franklin talking about uh, something. And, uh, and I'm going to show you this as a one-minute clip of, of something. And as we just watch this, I just want to talk about that briefly and flow into that passage in Colossians. So if we can play that, Dean, that would be awesome. Once you stop looking around, you'll start looking up. And we only look up when looking around hasn't worked. There's no escape. We want to escape, but God wants us to experience. We want to get out, but God wants us to go through. And when you reach that point where you run out of options, you turn to God. You want to know why many people are not living for God? Because they've got too many options. 
The world offers you options. But Jesus never gives you a bunch of options. He says, follow me and I'm not giving you a road map and I'm not giving you a brochure of what this trip's gonna look like. You follow me wherever I go. And if I take you to a valley, walk in the valley and praise me. And if I take you through a fiery furnace or a lion's den, trust me. And if I take you to a mountain, praise me there too. But your job is to follow me and believe me and trust me. Amen. And that's the service for today. Have a great day. See you later. There's a whole lot in that right there, but... That brings us to a point about Paul. I think Paul understood that very clearly. He didn't have a whole lot of options in prison. And we are living in a world that has a whole lot of options. Some of you might be here today, or you might be watching online, or maybe you found your way into this place simply because you ran out of options. Because you tried everything else. And you thought, maybe, maybe I'll give God a go. Maybe I'll just show up and see what happens. You know, imagine, imagine this. Imagine we uh, come into church and we gave people options at the door. We ask everyone, okay, what song would you like today? You can pick three. So we all get a list. And we walk down to Rach this morning and she's got 3,500 songs. The frontline team will all resign after one week. <laughs> Imagine we offer, what about how long do you want the message to go today? You give us a time. All day. No, it won't be all day. I need to eat lunch later on. But that's okay. But imagine if we came with options and we go, oh, what about this and about this? Do you know the point is that you know, when we get together for church, the main thing we, reason we're here is for Jesus. We're not here for ourselves. We get the overflow of what Jesus does when we put him first. See, Jesus is our number one. We come together to worship him. Whether you think the music's too loud or too soft, whether you like the song or don't like the song, do you know what? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. You know, there's people in China that they would just be happy to be able to get through a church service, which is deemed as illegal by the government. And if they can get through that service with being out, without being found out, arrested and killed that week, they'd think that's a good day. That's, there's 30,000 people disappearing every week in China because, they're being, because they worship Jesus. There's people in our city would love the option to come into this church, but no one's asked them. So why we should never walk into church going, oh, I wish it was a bit like this. I wish it was a bit like that or that. I don't really like that. I don't like this. You should be glad you're here. You should be glad that you know Jesus. You should be glad that you found the truth. You should be glad that you have resurrection life and you know where you're going because a whole lot of people don't. Whole lot of people are wandering around lost and they love to know Jesus, but they just don't know how to find him. And so Paul is in prison with a whole lot of non options, 
Didn't know, he doesn't get asked what he'd like to eat, doesn't want this, you want that. He's just stuck in this place and he begins to talk about in Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 23, I'm going to read. He starts to talk about Jesus and he's talking to a group of people in Colossae that he's never met. To people he's never met. He didn't plant the church. He just got reports back about them. And God begins to speak to him via the Holy Spirit to them. And he begins to write this letter. It's four chapters long. We get it broken up into four chapters. But it's one long letter that he writes to them. And I just want to read you this part. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Then he says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is us, which is his body, which is us. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. He is first in everything. He is first in everything. The moment you walk through that door, he is first. When you go out to work, he is first. When you go home, he is first. Whatever you're doing, he is first in everything everything for God is in in his God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself he made peace with everything in the heaven and on the earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross this includes you who were once far from God you were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. It doesn't sound like a message coming from someone sitting in a prison cell. It sounds like someone who is out free, but inside, he may have been in change, but he was free on the inside. He understood who he was. A prison cell chains didn't stop Paul, didn't affect Paul. He just preached the word and got the word out to people. Even in a prison cell, he couldn't be stopped. So he's saying Jesus is supreme overall. And I want you to get to that picture today. He's supreme overall in, in our lives, in creation. He said he put everything, he spoke and he was there in the beginning. He put the planets in, in place. He put the stars and the galaxies and, and our earth, everything in place exactly where it needed to be. He was there in the beginning. He was the Word of God. He spoke the Word and it came into being. And he's still doing that today. He can speak a word over your life. And your whole situation can change in a moment. No matter what the doctor says, no matter what someone else says, no matter what it looks like in the natural, he can speak a word and your situation can change in a moment. You know, I, um, I coach a soccer team. 
Thank you. But do it in the market. And you have a whistle. Coaches have a whistle. I don't use a whistle very much, but a whistle does get someone's attention. But I coach a soccer team, and uh, there are about, there's 15 boys, including my son Riley, and, uh, and they're 12-year-olds, um, full of energy, full of life, come from all different backgrounds, but a bunch of kids that I coach. And, uh, you know, there's certain things I say to these boys, because, you know, every so often you get a, a word flying here and there that, uh, that we don't really want them saying or whatever. They're pretty good, but every so often it happens. So I say to them this, I say, you know, as a team, we've got to watch our language. I pull them up every time. I see, a, I hear something that they shouldn't be saying. They don't usually get that uh, every other places. And so I said, you know, we've got to watch our language. And and I and I also said that you know, if you're if someone makes a mistake, you need to encourage them. And in fact, you need to encourage them more than when they make a mistake. Then just encourage your team as you go. And simply say, and nearly every week I say this to someone says, who you are as a person is more important than how well you play soccer. And so, and so in the, these boys, because I know if I can speak these things, when they get down the track, when they stop playing soccer, well, they don't make it and, they're not, and they realise that I'm not playing for Australia in five, ten years' time. They'll remember what I told them. I remember that coach that said, kept pulling me up every time I said the F word. Or I, when, I was, when I told one of my teammates off and he said to encourage them, they'll remember that. They'll remember some of the highlights of the games and I scored that goal or whatever, but they'll remember that stuff because that's the stuff that's going to help them as they get older. And so I speak into their lives. You know, a coach sees the big big picture. He sees like the individual and he sees the whole team. And so a coach sees and all these kids working together. So sometimes when the, uh, someone's playing, it's all about them. They want to be the best, especially when they're 12 years old. They, they want to think, oh, I'm going to score a goal. I'm going to do this. They want to score goals. I want to do all this kind of stuff, which is fine. But sometimes they miss the big picture of working together as a team. Sometimes an individual with a whole lot of skill can actually be a hindrance to the team. Because they want to use their own ability and talent and try and beat every other player on the field and score a goal and not utilize the whole other team members and work together as a team. And sometimes you need to, and I've had to do this this season, I've had to go talk to some guys that got lots of talent. I go, you just need to not try and beat three or four players in one go. You need to beat one player and pass the ball. You need to pass the ball straight away. And then they might think, oh, but I can do that. No, it's about the team. It's about playing together. Because when you play a really good team, your individual ability is not going to work. Because there's going to be someone on the other team who's going to be just as good as you. And before you know it, you're going to lose the ball every time. But if you work as a team, you're going to become stronger together than you are as an individual. Or trying to do as, as a, by yourself. So the, t- the coach wants the team to flow together. And it takes work to flow together. It takes time to flow together. But if a team connects with the coach and listens to the coach, the team will flow together. In fact, if the team will listen to a coach and and work hard and do what the coach says and, and works together as a team, they will become unbeatable. 
It'll take time. But you can take a bunch of players that aren't, haven't got the best skills in the world, aren't the most talented in the world, but you can put them together. If they can begin to play as a team, they will beat other players that are the best. They will beat other teams that have a whole lot of skillful players that maybe are relying on their own individual ability and not playing as a team. A team playing together will always be stronger than a team full of talented players that aren't working together. And saying all that, I want to say this, that Jesus is our coach. He is. He's your coach. He's the head of the church. He's our coach. He's, he's, he's management. He's the coach and he wants us to take, he wants us to listen. He wants us, he wants us to listen to him because he sees the big picture. He sees you individually, but he sees the big picture. He sees you. Sometimes we want to go, oh, I've got all this ability and talent. I want to go to do this, do that. And he says, hang on, we're going to do this as a team. There's people around you. You've got to take them with you. You've got to work together with people around you. He wants us to flow together. And often if we go and go, I'm going to do this myself and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to just take off this way, he'll often just go, he'll stop you. He'll rein you in. He'll go, hang on. No, stop. That's not going to work. You need to do this together. We need to flow in unity. And so Jesus is our coach. It says in Colossians 1, 18 to 20, I read it before this in the Passion Translation. It says, He is the head of His body, which is the church. And since He is the beginning and the firstborn heir of resurrection, He is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all fullness dwelling in Christ and by the blood of his cross. Everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Jesus is our head coach. He's the head of the church. And if we will listen and connect with our coach, if we will listen and connect with Jesus, the church will flow together. And we'll be unstoppable. You know, sometimes we sort of think, why isn't our ch the church in our nation having an impact on our nation as much as it could be? Probably just because we're not listening to the coach. Because we're not flowing together all the time. That sometimes we, and it's not, it's not that people are trying to do the wrong thing or trying to do it the wrong way. Sometimes we get caught up in this stream and that stream and he's saying, I'm a river. Come and flow with me. Get in, get, in the, get in the coach's river. And instead of getting in your own stream or a, a wayward tributary going down here, which ends up in a dead-end swamp anyway, to get in the river where, the, where it's flowing together. Let's all get in that same river. Let's flow together. Let's listen to the coach and flow together. When we're in sync we're in sync with the coach. We're unsinkable. You don't sink. You're not going to lose. You're not going to drown. You're going to flow with him. Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't pick. But if you looked at the Bible and if you're picking disciples, you probably wouldn't pick the ones he picked. It's true. You look at their backgrounds. They were uneducated, most of them. You know, there's much, many more highly educated people that knew about stuff, you know, than they did. They were, they were, some of them were hardworking, some of them were lazy, some of them were hated, some were tax collectors, they've been ripping people off for years, all this stuff, and Jesus picked all these people, and we would have thought, why are you picking them? 
Jesus didn't look at all their abilities, all their talents so much. He looked at people that were willing to listen to him. He looked at people that were available. They were available. They said, Jesus, when he said, will you follow me? They said, yes. They didn't say, oh, give me a, give me a couple of weeks to sort a few things out and then I'll come and see you. Jesus would have kept walking. He, in fact, talked about that. He said, if you come follow me, don't, don't turn back and go organize that. Follow me. Follow me. Make a decision to follow me. It's like Jensen Franklin was saying, you've got a whole lot of options, and Jesus just has one option. Follow me. Follow me. He doesn't give you a blueprint. doesn't tell you, here's, here's, here. you can assess it and see if you're going to like it, and if you like it, you know, then you can follow me. If you don't really like it, well, you know, just you go do whatever you want. No, he just says, follow me. Just follow me. Follow me. But we're living in a world that wants, oh, just show me the options, Jesus. Show me the options and I'll decide whether I like it or not. And if it's going to be a bit uncomfortable, well, you know, I don't think I will. I'll just go and do my own thing for a while and then I might come back later. No, he says, you either follow me now or don't follow me. Make a decision. Follow me or don't follow me. He doesn't give a whole lot of options. He says, follow me. And so he picks these 12 disciples that we think, man, you know, they're not, probably not the best pick. But in the end, they were the ones that established the church. They became unstoppable. They became, and you put it in the book of Acts, they said, if we don't do something about these people, the whole world's going to be saved. The whole world's going to be changed. They said they're turning the whole world upside down, the authorities said in the book of Acts. They, they were unstoppable because they listened to the coach. They got in the flow. They got in the right river. You know, so a coach has a whistle. What's a whistle used for? Attention. I often don't use a whistle all the time, but I use your voice sometimes. Some of you may have had a coach or a teacher, and when the teacher wanted your attention, what do they do? They raise their voice, and everyone went, ah, oh, and you still got nightmares from it. Some of them have loud voices. They raise their voice because they want your attention. A whistle is used by a coach to grab the team's attention or sometimes just an or individual's attention. Sometimes, you know, I'm coaching and I've got these half of them are listening and then there's like two or three guys having their own little powwow over here, conversation, and like they're not listening. I have to like talk to them and raise my voice or whatever or blow a whistle to get their attention. How often does God have to use the whistle in your life? How often does God have to get your attention because you just don't listen to him? How often is you, you hear, <laughs> I hope it's not every day. But how often does God have to grab and get your attention. Because you're just not giving him his attention. He's a coach. He wants, he wants to speak in your life. He wants to help you. He sees the big picture. He knows the past, the present, the future. He's supreme over all we just read. And so we, how often are we just not giving him our attention? Oh, we'll get what we want his attention when things aren't going well. When things are hard, we're like, Jesus, where are you? Help me, help me, help me. 
But we want attention then. We want him, we want Jesus to do something about the situation. But how, what about the times when everything's going okay and he's wanting to speak into your life and he wants to help you so you avoid those stuff that's coming down the track. So you can avoid some of the trouble that's coming if you listen to the coach. How often are we just like, oh, no, it's okay. And we're just off doing our own thing, not listening to him. How often does he have to get your attention? Do you know a coach would rather not have to use a whistle. He'd rather not have to get your attention. He'd rather that you just, without even asking, would just, you would just give him your full attention. When we walk into church this morning, it's like when we come to worship him, all we need to do is just give him our full attention. Do you know if we give him our full attention and we put him first, when giving your attention is just putting him first, moment you do that if we do that together then his then what happens is we put him first and the overflow of his holy spirit begins to flow and all that you need all your cares those problems you're dealing with the issues that he already knows everything about you don't need to tell him because he already knows and he begins to pour his spirit out and begins to deal with those situations that the heaviness begins to lift and peace comes because you give him your full attention. Sometimes you see people that are less talented, less ability, and you see them being used by God in various ways and maybe in areas of healing and miracles, all that kind of stuff, and you think, that person hasn't got as many gifts and that as maybe me or someone else. And you sort of think, why, why is God using them so powerfully? Are they, are they, you, know, you see someone and you go, well, gee, I didn't think they'd be able to do that. Maybe it's because it is giving the coach more attention. It's simple as that. That they're willing to put time aside, their own ideas aside, their own stuff aside, their own things they want to do and they've stopped. And they give, say, coach, what do you want to do? They give the coach their full attention. So Jesus wants us to connect with him, connect with each other, and he wants us to flow together. As we get ready to finish today, team, you can come on up in a few minutes. I was thinking, and I saw a picture a few days ago about, of, a, of a river. And I mentioned before about Jesus, like, it's like Jesus is a stream, he's like a river that flows. And the thing, if you see a river, that is everything flows together in the river. It's very hard to go against the flow of a river, especially if it's raging. It's hard to even, you can sort of move across it, but it's really hard. But it's very easy to go with the flow. And Jesus wants us to flow together. And Jesus, many times in the Bible, talked about living water. He talked about a river. He, he talked about this kind of picture. And he did it with the woman around the well. And, he's, and he said to her, you know, this woman who had five husbands and, and she'd had all this trouble and all this stuff going on at the well by herself. And, and he begins to speak to her and she's drawing water out of the well. And he said, well, if you drink the water, this water I have for you, living water, you'll never thirst again. And he goes to talk about living water. He's talking about spiritual water. So there's times where he talked about all these things. And another time is on the day the last day of a, of a feast, there was a seven-day celebration. And the Bible says in John 7, 37 to 39, that Jesus stood up 
on the last day of this celebration, the feast. And he says, on that last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. He shouted this. So we're talking about there's hundreds, there's thousands of people gathered, something they do every year, and they gather there. And he says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said this, and when he, and when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, which is now available to us, has been poured out. So he's talking about rivers of living water, the Spirit of God. But don't you notice this language? It talks about when you have a drink, it becomes a river. When you have a drink that Jesus offers, it becomes a river. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the Scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So you have a drink, but it flow, turns into a river flowing through you because the Holy Spirit flows through you. And I believe that God wants all of us to have a drink. We all get thirsty, spiritually thirsty, and a river will then flow if we take a drink and constantly drink of His Spirit. It will flow out of us because it's designed to flow out of our heart, not for our own benefit, but to touch others around us. And God wants us to drink, but then if we're all drinking from the same river, the same Holy Spirit, then out the same flow, the same things that God wants to happen are all going to be the same. We're all going to flow together and the rivers that are flowing from our heart are going to flow together because we're all on the same page because we're listening to the coach. Our land, our nation of Australia is desperate. Needs a river. We've got plenty of water flying around in the natural at the moment and we need the same in the spirit. But it starts with the drink. It starts with you and me having a drink, and the river flows from our heart. It flows from our heart. The Spirit of God flows through us. It flows through us because we're attentive to the coach. We're listening to the coach. We're giving him our full attention. We're listening to what he says, and he says, if you're thirsty, take a drink. And then the river flows from our lives and touches those around us. The Holy Spirit is a river, and he calls us all to come. Step into the river and drink. So we flow together. Worship team, do you want to come on up? You know, his river, it leads to an ocean of his presence and love. It leads to an ocean of his presence and love. Our, our nation, our, the people, our nation and people around you and even our city, your people in your streets, your neighbors, they need his love. They need his life. They need his living water. Revelation 22, 1-2, it also says this, Then the angel showed me, and this is pictures in Revelation, showed me the river of water of life flowing with water, clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 kinds of ripe fruit according to each month of the year. This is a picture of heaven. This is a picture of the city in heaven. And it says, the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of 
of the nations. It's the same river. It's the same living water. It's another picture. It's the same. That's where it comes from, from the throne of God flowing down. And Jesus said it's available to every one of us. He wants us to flow together. You may have lots of options. You may want to live a life, but oh, what about this option, that option? Jesus gives you one option to follow Him. It's the best option you'll ever have. It's the best option you ever take. And every, all these other options that people are trying lead to dead ends, lead to tributaries into swamps, lead to dryness, to empty dams. But God's river never stops flowing. Continually flows from the throne. Continually flows. Never, ever runs out. You know, sometimes when we're playing a game of soccer that you always want to go forward and score a goal. But sometimes you've got to go back to go forward. You can go forward and kick the ball and and try and get there, but if you have enough players and you're outnumbered, you're going to lose the ball. Sometimes you've got to pass the ball back so players can move in a position to go forward. And I felt today that sometimes, some, some people here today, that in order to go forward, you've just got to look back for a moment. Look back at the times when God encountered you. When you drank of the river. Remember the times when you encountered God. There's times in your life, maybe there's a day you gave your life to Jesus. Maybe there's times when you're on an altar or a friend pray with you and you've got it. Sometimes you just got to look back and God reminds us. It doesn't mean we go backwards, but it reminds us of that time. Do you remember when I spoke to you? When you were giving me your full attention? And he says, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. What, what, what were you doing then to encounter God? Maybe you're feeling a bit dry. Maybe you're feeling like, oh, the, Jesus isn't listening. Or maybe you haven't really, you've realized you haven't been giving him your full attention. He says, give me your full attention. Do it again. Get in that place where you humble yourself, where you remove all the other options and say, Jesus, it's only you. Only you. Only you. Maybe you're watching this at home. And you've got lots of other options. I want to tell you the best option is Jesus and Jesus alone. It says in Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. When you are dry, He wants to give you living water. And He wants us to flow together. If we would just give Him our full attention, we will then also connect with each other and flow together. And church, the ch- our church, churches of our nation, the church of Jesus who is the head, is un- will be unstoppable. 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 No matter what the enemy throws against us, no matter what the enemy tries to do, it's unstoppable because we're flowing in the river. We're flowing in the same. We've got, we're listening to Jesus. The coach is leading us. He's guiding us. He's telling us what to do. He sees the big picture, unstoppable. And people being brought into the river, people being joined in the river, people coming to know Jesus, people flowing in the river together. And I believe that God wants us to connect with Him, connect with each other and flow together flow together. Why don't you stand today?
flow together. Flow together. Just close your eyes for a moment as we finish off today. Maybe you're here and and you realise as we're talking about that, maybe you've found yourself in this place because you ran out of options. Maybe you ran out of options. You thought, well, just give God a try. I'll just come to church because I've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. Maybe that's you watching at home. You tried everything else and it hasn't worked. And Jesus is here to say, here today, reaching out to you saying, I'm living water. I am truth. I'm supreme above all. I'm supreme above all. He is above everything else. He's greater than anything else you tried. Everything else can lead to dead ends, but Jesus Jesus leads to living water. And if you're here today saying, I've, I've run out of options and I need Him. I need to meet with Him. I need Jesus in my life. I can't do it anymore myself. I'm a, I feel I'm alone. I feel like I'm trying to do this battle by myself. But Jesus is saying today, let me in. Give me your attention today. Allow me to come into your life. Allow me to forgive you. Surrender your life to me. Lay down your life to me and say, Jesus, take my life. And he'll wipe away. He'll wash away. You know, his river washes away our sin. It washes away our junk. It washes away all the, all the silt, all the stuff we don't need. When, when you step into the river, when you take a drink, it begins to wash you clean and make you brand new. But it makes, it's a decision you need to make to say, Jesus, I give you my full attention today. And if you're here today saying, I need, I need Jesus today. I've run out of other options. I need Him. I want to give my life to Him. If that's you, just lift your hand in this place. I'd love to pray with you. Awesome. Thank you. Anyone else today? Just lift up your hand and put it back down again. Maybe you're at home watching this or listening to it or whatever you may be. You can do this yourself wherever you are. Maybe you've run out of options. Jesus is the best option. There's others here today that you realize that you haven't given him your full attention. The coach has been trying to get your attention. The coach has been trying to get your attention. And at times you've needed his attention because you've struggled through some stuff. But there's other times when you've kind of done your own thing or just you haven't given him as much attention as you know you should have. And he's been calling out. He's been blowing the whistle. He's been blowing the whistle saying, come on. He's been blowing. He's had to raise his voice a few times to try to get your attention. And he says today, will you give me your attention? Do you want living water? Do you want living water? You're going to listen to the coach today. If that's you today and you're saying, hey, there's been times when I'm ne- I need to give him my attention. I need to give Jesus more attention in my life. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to pull you out the front today or anything like that. I just want you to acknowledge that that's, you're acknowledging to him. So that's me. That's me. There's lots of hands. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just keep your hand up. Just keep your hand up when you do that. Just keep your hand up. Because I just believe God's just going to touch people right where they are this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living water. Thank you 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 for living water today. Come on, just reach out for a moment. Just sing this. Just sing this today. The fragrance of heaven. You've got your hand raised. Holy Spirit, I ask for living water to be poured out right now. Take a drink this morning. Take a drink this morning. Take a drink this morning. 
the power of your presence pour your spirit out pour your spirit out cause we need a fresh wind the fragrance of heaven pour your spirit out pour your spirit out it's a holy anointing of your presence, oh, your spirit out, oh, your spirit out. Thank you, Jesus. There's a couple of people responded before, and I'm going to get you to pray this prayer after me. And then I want us to pray another prayer after that together. But if you are here today, there's one or two hands were put up this morning and, and about saying, Jesus, I need, I need you are my only option. I need to give my life to you. Maybe you're doing it for the first time today. Maybe you need to do this at home if you're watching. But I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And it's asking Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin and make you brand new. You're inviting him in to take control. You're inviting him in to help you. So let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you for dying on that cross paying the price of my sin. I've tried many other options, but you're the best one. Today I choose you. Today I give you my life. Today I surrender my life. Come into my life and make me brand new. Father God, thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to take my place to pay the price for my sin. I love you. Thank you that you love me. Restore me and help me and strengthen me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to, I read this prayer this morning at the end of a, it's the end of a, on the Bible app. Some of you probably read it as well if you did it this morning. And I want you just to close your eyes and repeat these words after me. It's a prayer just focusing our lives on Jesus. And maybe you need to give Him more attention. Maybe you, maybe you've, you know, thought, you know, I don't really, don't really flowing like I should be flowing. You know, all you need to do is if we all put our attention on Jesus, flowing together with others will become much easier flowing together as a church becomes much easier not that we're not flowing together but there's a whole lot more we haven't tapped into because until our city until people are getting saved in our streets and healed in homes and the river of God is flowing God's power is breaking loose and transforming hearts and lives in our city then there's still a lot more to do because that's what God wants that's what the coach wants That's what Jesus wants. He wants us to flow together and every gift and ability will be put in its right place and we'll flow together and He'll give and what what you'll do your part and I'll do my part and and each person will do their part and we'll flow together perfectly simply because the coach puts us in the right position. He'll position us on the field where we need to be. He'll put us in the right place in our best spot that suits. So we need to flow together. Close your eyes and repeat these words after me. God, I surrender my life to you. 
You can have it all. Every thought, action, behaviour and desire. I want you to be glorified through me. So here I am. Lord, take me. Use me. Send me. Change me. Clean me. Transform me. Love me. And love others through me. Take all that I am and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.